let's get ready for some serious shift. This is a podcast, Shifting Inside Out, hosted by your quantum shifter, Angie McCourt. We are diving into ways to empower and enable a quantum shift. Inspiring topics, hacks, and guest speakers take us on a journey around authenticity, challenging status quo, personal power, and living a purpose-filled life. episode, we will talk with Andy Fernandez about his adventures over the past couple of years, living the life the way he wants to abroad while working remote. And what's really great about this conversation is that Andy goes into some details on basically how he decided to do this and also the different um, countries he's lived in. Um, how long he has lived in each one, as well as what kind of technology he's dealing with in each of those countries, how he has been able to network, to find workspaces that allow him to be able to connect and have really good connectivity, as well as just being flexible from a schedule perspective, time zone perspective, and all those good things. And really what's interesting is the fact that he didn't know how to do all of this before he started. He just decided after a two-week stay in Mexico to stay for another two and a half months, um, and it all started from there. So it's a really fun episode. Andy is one of my favorite people. He's just such a great, talented person and really fun, fun and fun-loving person. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode as you listen. You can find me on LinkedIn at Angie Belts McCourt, on Instagram at Angie underscore McCourt, or Twitter at McCourt Angie. Without further ado, let's hear from Andy. Andy, welcome to Shifting Inside Out. I am so beyond grateful to have you on this episode. So to get started, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to be here. Also jealous of your microphone. Uh, <laughs> I, I need to get one like that. So my name is Andy Fernandez. I'm, uh, I currently I work in tech. Um, specifically, I work as a senior manager of product marketing at Zerto, now a uh, Hewlett Packard Enterprise company. Um, Born in Havana, Cuba, raised in New Orleans. I ended up moving over to Tampa and actually years ago at this point is where I met Angie at the management program at Tech Data. So here we are eight years later. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. And I um, was thinking about like how long ago we met and how many times in our lives our paths have crossed, which has been really incredible. And and you're like um, one of like my children I, I keep under my wings. <laughs> But you have flown the nest, so that's what this episode will be all about, is to see how incredible you are living your life. So um, to get started, let's give the audience a chance, the listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit. So I'm going to ask you some quick round questions. Um, so what is your morning ritual? So the morning ritual that I strive for, which is not always the case, mm -hmm. is I will wake up. I will do everything I can to leave my phone in the room. I will drink as much water as I possibly can, and then I'll go do a fasted cardio session. So about like 30 to 35 minutes, certain heart rate, and it helps keep your day optimal. That's the usual. 
you know, sometimes you'll get a morning routine where you wake up in panic from an email from the other side of the world. Um, <laughs> but for the most part, it is ideally a little bit of meditation afterwards, but water, fasted cardio, no phone. <laughs> Very good. Um, I love the no phone. Um, how do you renew your energy? So I will do it in two ways. Uh, the healthy way or the quote unquote healthy way is I will do a lot of meditation. So it's a very important thing. It's like a mental reset, whether it's like the tapping meditations or just your traditional um, style, right? Like your breathe.com, your calm apps, that type of stuff. Nothing too fancy. Um, the other one is travel, which I kind of doing a lot, but really being able to actually go and make a meal on mm. my own. I just make a meal that takes three hours to make and 10 minutes to eat. Um, I actually feel awesome after I do that. Wow. It's a great creative outlet too. Yeah, for sure. Okay. What is your guilty pleasure? My So my guilty pleasure recently has been so I actually have a, a new goal that I want to share with you later on, something that I'm working on later in life. Um, but it, it kind of ties back to this, which my guilty pleasure is staying at a, uh, wherever I travel to, and we'll, talk, we'll get into that, I will try to find the swankiest hotel. And I'll spend a day, and I'll review it, and I'll do everything I need to. And for some reason, I just can't stop doing it everywhere I go and I find the swankiest, most historical hotel and I stay there and kind of review it. And so that's been a new guilty pleasure of mine. That is awesome. You should be creating a blog and like work for a travel magazine or something too while you're doing that, you know, like dual purpose there. Um, I love that. And also you're probably learning and you're getting to explore architecture and probably a lot of really old locations because what I want to get into in this episode, I would just you have had this incredible journey in life and we are going to do another episode with you on um, your entrepreneurial path. Um, Also just, you know, the creative and, and this is take creativity and it like, I don't know, multiply it times a hundred, including space, et cetera, that Andy is able to, to do. We're going to put that into a separate episode because you have so much going on. Like, I feel like you deserve two episodes. So we're going to do that at a separate time. But what I would love for the listeners to hear, because timing is so important, is how you have taken this massive opportunity in life at this time where the whole style of work has shifted and changed. Remote is now a thing. (laughs) Um, Technology has caught up to the thing. Um, And it's allowed you to create this life that keeps evolving and, you know, just amazing. And I just want you to share that journey with everyone because hopefully somebody will get some inspiration to get out of their box and to, you know, find a little bit more freedom in their life, even if they can't necessarily do what you're doing, but it encourages them to say, Hey, you know what, if I can do this and with multiple companies, then you can do this too. So I'd love for you to share your journey wherever you would like to start at. Yeah, absolutely. So actually if we rewind all the way back to when we were at Tech Data together, after I left, Tech Data was the last time I was in an office. Mm -hmm. So eight years ago, 
or probably six, six and a half years ago was the last time that I was expected to go into an office every day because the company that I went to afterwards, which was Veeam Software, was a remote role. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've actually been remote now almost for six years. Wow. But hasn't been the same experience as it is now, right? Because if you think about it, you know this more than anybody, the amount of industry events, customer visits, office visits, you name it, you end up traveling a lot. And the the more I progressed in my career and the more opportunities I had for speaking and for engagements, um, I ended up traveling a lot. I think we rewind to two and a half year, years ago. I don't even know COVID five years ago, 10 years ago. I don't know when it all started. <laughs> um, but before it all started, I was traveling a lot. We had all these types of events. And although I didn't go into an office, I had that experience where I was every single day, never really home, never really present, just on to the next uh, Marriott. Oh, shout out to Marriott. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get platinum soon. Um, but and so then it all happened, right? And then we all went remote fully. And you know, and you probably understand this too. When you travel so much, and then you're just told to stay home, sucks. It's just terrible. I loved it because I hadn't been home for years, and I missed being home. So yeah, it's a different. It depends on the person, I think. <laughs> yeah, like me being in my early twenties and told to stay <laughs> home, and I had been so my body, I think my body, my mind, everything was so used to traveling that it was like something's wrong. And yeah. I stayed for a couple of months and then I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to leave and I, I don't have to go anywhere for the work because we're not, we're not allowed to. So I decided to just go to Mexico, go to the <laughs> jungle beach of Mexico. I found enough Wi-Fi to work and uh-huh. I stayed. I was supposed to only go for for two weeks and mm-hmm. I ended up staying for almost four months. <laughs> That's fantastic. And yeah. I was like, I'm not coming back. Um, and so that gave me an opportunity to, to know and kind of um, bash a couple stereotypes, mm. right? Because when you think about people who live in these crazy remote cool areas, you either think, are they artists? Are they rich? Mm-hmm. You know, do they have somebody supporting their lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Um, all these things that come into play, but you never think, oh, well, me being somebody as a business professional, as a tech professional, that I can do that. When mm-hmm. I get there, I meet, I do the best networking I've ever done in my life. People from Fortune 500 companies all doing the same thing. It kind of opened my mind to, okay, I've been more efficient here than I've ever been. I've had more fun than I've ever had. Mm. I feel the healthiest. Why am I not doing this more? <laughs> right? Like that yeah. was, it was a very, it became um, a realization. And luckily, it wasn't a realization I made 20 years down the line. It's a realization I made yes. two, three years into my seasoned professional experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I did that, and I realized it was possible without any real disruptions, except for the t- time I got dengue fever. That was not fun. Uh, I, had, I was down for a week and a half. I thought I was going to die. Um, wow. But I did it. And that was really the only disruption that I had. So from there, I said, this is kind of the life that I want to live. And so fast forward, I want to say probably six months after that, six, seven months, I get the itch again. I went back home and I was like, this is not for me. Don't want to do this. I don't want to like go to Whole Foods and just walk around for hours. <laughs> and 
and I realized that um, I wanted to go back. So I went back to Mexico and I, the first day I get there, I actually meet my girlfriend, who my girlfriend now. And we met and we just started seeing each other. And once again, I was only supposed to go for two weeks. And then we ended up while working, touring all of Mexico from the east coast all the way north to the southwest coast and stay there for a month and a half and she is from london and so she also works remote and we had a decision to make like do we want to go to a respective place or do we want to keep this going we both emphatically wanted to keep traveling Mm -hmm. and there we started this journey where we went from mexico uh to the states for a little bit kind of had to plan things out when you take this seriously around being a, a professional and traveling you have there's a lot of planning you have to do mm-hmm. just to make sure a lot of research and then we went to the u.s for a bit kind of i moved all my stuff out then we went over to london mm-hmm. did the same with her was an absolutely insane two months because there's all these moving activities our birthdays are two days apart so it was it's a lot um and then so from from london we went to paris for a little bit and then from there, we went to Colombia, mm-hmm. Cartagena, Colombia. And from there, I um, we were there for almost two months. And now we're in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And after Rio, which I, I really don't want to leave, to be fair, this is like probably my favorite place so far. <laughs> um, it's insane. And from there, we're going to go to Europe. So probably Croatia mm-hmm. and then Italy for the summer. So, wow. yeah, it was, uh, and then after that, we're going to back to probably the U S mm-hmm. and spend some time there and then Mexico, and then just keep that cycle going this time though, the, the difference, the new behavior will be with business travel included. Mm-hmm. That'll be different, right? So now yes. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm booked to speak at certain events, so I will, I will be traveling in between. So it's, I'll be the tannest person at every single industry. Event. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I can vouch, the listeners can't see, but but Andy just showed me his view in Rio de Janeiro, and it's freaking amazing. So yeah, I can see why you wouldn't want to leave. <laughs> I don't. But that's like, that is such, I mean, it's, it's, it's brave, it's courageous, but like you said, it's logical. Like the way you're, you're approaching it is very logical, very practical, but you're balancing I know I have this job. I'm very committed to my job, but I also want to explore. I want to, you know, do some of the things that I can do now. And I don't just want to go on vacation to these places. I actually want to experience actually living there, being there. It is a very different experience, I think, when when you're able to live there. So when you, like, even starting back to the first time in, in Mexico to now, um, what were some of the maybe new hobbies or habits that you picked up that um, you mentioned meditation, for instance, like when did, was that something you were doing before you went into these different cultures and different um, countries and, and different cities? Or are there new things that you learned along the way? Like, what does that sto- part of the story look like? Absolutely not. I did. I You knew me back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm asking the question. Like, when did you start meditating? <laughs> I was basically like a like a like somebody in the in the background of a boiler room Wall Street movie. Like I was it I was not somebody who had time nor had the mental capacity for meditation. Um <laughs> it was too loud in my mind. 
Yeah, I was um, going to say, you, your brain went probably 21 hours a day, right? Yeah, and At so least. meditation, there was not a muscle that I had exercised. Um, so I, I get over there and I, and I start slowly being exposed to these things. Things that I was exposed to in the U.S., but I just never took seriously. But because I was in the moment, because, well, you're in the jungle. Or mm-hmm. you're in, you're at the jungle beach. There's nothing else to really do. You have to really get into this, and it's a it's a great place and a great thing to to start. Yeah. And so from there, I, I started taking my meditation more seriously. I started taking my health more seriously. What are what are the things that I put in my body? Um, and things like yoga, um, things like what they call uh, temascals. And a temascal mm-hmm. is a think of like a massive like igloo, but it's clay. Okay. And they get in with a shaman, and there's like a hole in the middle and then they fill it with volcanic rocks that are burning nice. so you end up sweating for an hour chanting meditating whatever it is that they ask you to do so mm. these things kind of force you to and then when you yeah. once you see like the delta in your experience and you're able to really know the value so mm. i'm not going to say that being in a place like that will make you better but it will introduce those habits so that you can do it wherever you are right you're not I don't care if you're in Cleveland or in Canada or anywhere, you can take those habits with you. Mm-hmm. That's where my eyes opened up a lot more to the mind body side of things. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And, you know, like you said, being on a beautiful jungle beach is definitely inspiring to do yoga and to meditate for sure. I love that. Have you, and you, you, when you said you went to, um, first went to Mexico, that you networked the most you had ever networked in your life. Like, talk us through, like, what, what is that like? Especially for those who may not like networking. Like, what do you do if you don't speak the language? Um, you know, how do you, how do you make connections? How do you bridge and build those bonds? And then how do you keep up with those relationships once you move to the next location? Yeah. So my, controversial advice for networking is to not network in the sense of going into the concept of I'm going to go into this place to network. People are going to see right through that. I think, right. Like I've been in the spaces where you see people going to a room and their only goal is business cards. And what can this person do for me? Yes. I'd say when you even networking events, Mm -hmm. usually the most human relaxed person there is the most confident person who makes the connections that they need to make. So when people go into anywhere in life, if you do things correctly, networking is an outcome. Mm. It's not the first thing that you do, right? Yeah. It's like, it's, it shouldn't be the reason why you do things. People aren't mm. um, utility, right? right? So just being there and connecting with people as people and not workers and laborers and entrepreneurs, whatever you want to name it, um, opened up to friendships. Friendships mm-hmm. then opened up to opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. So I met people from Facebook, Oculus, uh, Adobe, FinTech, a lot of people in the crypto world, a lot of people in the Web3, uh, DeFi space. And so these were friendships that happened. And then these friendships ended up being networking opportunities in, mm-hmm. in the future, right? So my, my advice is to be yourself, be confident, um, don't go in there primarily asking people for things. Just go in there to get to know people. And the networking will happen. That, that, that'll happen. Very good. How has the technology been in these different locations? Very interesting. So 
what we're seeing now is ever since this happened, people are starting to invest a lot, even in these places where they know they're about to get an influx of, I hate the term, but they call them digital nomads. Um, people kind of prepare for it. And so what I realize is even if I work remote, I want to have a place that I can treat as my office, a place where I can disconnect. Because if I work and live, breathe everything in the hotel room, it's going to feel weird. Um, so whether it was finding a co-working space or actually just renting out an office, which I've done before, I highly recommend it. Um, but there's very few places in the world you can go where you can't do it, right? Like you're not going to be able to co-work at the bottom of Mount Everest in Nepal, right? But for most beach locations, anywhere in the world, any of these continents, you're going to be able to find a co-working spot or you're going to be able to have the means to rent an office for not that much money. And so having that is really important because if you just try to work and live in the same spot, it's going to be a problem. But usually you can also get very creative with it. So although I had an office, there are also definitely places on the beach that had Wi-Fi. So there's days where I would go and I would, you know, maybe it was like half a day. And I, I know that I had to do a lot of writing. I just go to the beach and I'd write from the beach and it would be beautiful. Um, so I'd say my advice is always research where you can go to explicitly work within these places. Because as much fun as you'll have, you don't want to avoid having a work routine. Otherwise, it's going to get messy. And I see I see people fail all the time doing this. It's really important to have a routine, have a designated place for it. Oh, that's awesome. So as far as, you know, the preparation, you said you had to do a lot of research before you ended up traveling into each of the different countries, because now it's many, many countries. And then you still have a few more coming up just in the next few months. What is what does that process look like? Like, what are some of the things that you've had to consider um, as you go into each country to work? Yeah, absolutely. First, it's a negotiation with my girlfriend. <laughs> we yes. were like, what do, what do we where do you want to go? And I tell her where I want to go. And it's kind of like, a, mm -hmm. you know, we battle it out or we kind of collaborate and make compromises. Um, for example, she really, really wants to go to Southeast Asia. Uh, okay. And I really want to go to Vietnam. But... I just can't like that's one of the few places where I can't go network co-work because I'll be basically a day ahead of everyone and won't be able to have any meetings. Right. So um, our engineering headquarters are in Israel and our office is in Boston, but we have members of the team in West Coast. So I kind of tell myself that from West Coast all the way to Europe is manageable because I can always make meetings when I need to, right? Whether I'm getting up very early or I work later in the in the nights, I can make that happen. I can't make Vietnam happen yet. Um, <laughs> so we pick a place. So then when we pick a place, we figure out, okay, how many days can we go without a visa, right? And mm -hmm. luckily the UK, US passports are very, have parity. Um, she's actually getting an Italian passport too, which I'm really jealous of. Um, for some reason, that one's even stronger than both U.S. and U.K. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Singapore, I think, is the best passport. Um, mm -hmm. And so we figure out, okay, every day, every place that we can go to pretty much, you can go without a visa for 90 or 180 days. So, for example, Colombia, Brazil, most of these places, I can stay for 90 days without needing to apply for a visa. Mexico, mm -hmm. you can do 180 days. 
Ah, okay. For anyone who is looking to do this, but in Europe, you have to be very careful because of the EU, right? The Schengen, Schengen, I always mispronounce it. Um, but that zone, for example, it's 90 days, but it's all of the EU. So people think they can mm. hop back, back from Italy to France and all these things. You can't, uh, which is important, which we, what we all always do is find places that are outside the EU, but in Europe. Ah. The UK is out of Europe, or of the EU. Uh, mm-hmm. Croatia, places like that are not in the EU. So you can kind of hop in and out, and you have to build a plan there. Then we figure out, okay, where is favorable weather? What are things that we have hobby-wise? What are the costs going to look like? And is it safe? And, mm-hmm. and frankly, one of the things that bothers me a lot is the false marketing and bad rep that so many of these places get. Just because people mm-hmm. say, oh, be careful. I'm like, why? Like, where did you hear this information? <laughs> and was it from a soundbite 25 years ago? So why are you, why are you <laughs> like gatekeeping this place from other people, right? Colombia mm-hmm. and Brazil are perfect examples of that, right? Colombia people mm-hmm. think Escobar is running around, you know? <laughs> I think that happened so long ago. It's one of the safest, safest places now. And re- wow. Rio as well. People tell you, hey, be very careful. Like, I've never felt so safe. And especially mm. like South America, like it's incredible here. Um, so you figure out though those metrics like safety, uh, especially for for my girlfriend. Like, will she feel okay? You know, mm-hmm. doing her own thing, riding her bike and stuff like that. Uh, then you figure mm-hmm. out internet, right? If you have an Airbnb, like they usually do really good stuff with monthlies, so you actually save a lot of money. Um, or mm-hmm. do you get a co-working spot? I usually mm-hmm. actually just rent out an office. Like a private office okay because it's dependable it's there when you need it and you if you have conferences you have to do recordings podcasts you name it you can do it all there and then you have mm-hmm. you have a separation there so that's really the majority of the the planning that happens and then you also because you want to be mindful of budget you pick if i'm going to go here where else can i go so that i'm not going europe south america back to europe back to south america you want to scale it Almost like going on mm-hmm. porn. Yeah. Because, because otherwise it can get very expensive. And God knows how expensive it's going to get with gas prices going up the way they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to be mindful of that too. Plus time zones, I would imagine. You don't want to flip back and forth between different time zones because that just screws you up too. <laughs> and it's bad for if the you... environment, right? To do so many transatlantic flights, yes. right? So um, yeah. we have to be very mindful of that. But th- those are pretty much the the big things. The rest, it just comes down to, do you want beach? Do you want mountain? What do you want to do? <laughs> okay, so you mentioned early on that um, you, you're the healthiest that you've ever been. Um, and obviously, we talked a bit about meditation and yoga already. But it's hard a lot of times when you're in a new place and you're eating different foods or you can't necessarily cook everything or you don't have a gym to go to. Like what, what has been your way to kind of create some new structure and, and keep your good, healthy habits going? You know, you know, what's the place where when I go, I feel the unhealthiest because of the food I where? eat, no matter what, the U.S.? Yeah, the U.S. I was going to say, yeah. Exactly. It's a place where I I can go into the U.S. with a six pack and leave with with not one. Um, And even if it's eating the same foods that I'm used to, it kind of gives you an insight into the state of processed foods in the U.S. and what people do. Yes. But even in in Mexico, where everything 
is amazing and delicious and fried and salty and has everything that you're told <laughs> that it's not good, you still end up net positive on your mm-hmm. on your diet. But really the way to do it though is to just be balanced. The, w- mm-hmm. What I do is I give myself the first week of going all out. Everywhere I go, the okay. first week I go all out, I try all the things. You never want to deprive yourself, right? When I got here to mm-hmm. Brazil, yep. I think I... I ate a lot of cows, um, just the, the churrasco <laughs> and everything you do. I did not deprive myself of any of that. And so then, then I build a plan. I'm like, all right, I know what I can eat. I know what I can't eat. Let me stick to this specific, right? If I'm looking to mm-hmm. gain muscle or if I'm looking to be at a caloric deficit, it's still possible. From a fitness perspective, everywhere we go now has some type of gym. So it's easy as just okay. getting a monthly mm-hmm. membership. I've never had that need. If, if I were in a place that was so remote that didn't have a gym, I would just go mm-hmm. and do HIIT workouts. Okay. So one of, the, one of the apps that I use is called Center. It's like C-E-N-T-R. And it was, mm-hmm. it was created by Chris Hemsworth. Oh, okay. And, the actor, yeah. And so he's got... Thor. Yeah, Thor's got... <laughs> Thor's got like different body types that he has to have for different types of movies. Uh, and he's got uh-huh. a team of about five, six people that help him build that body type. Some on mobility, mm-hmm. some on speed, some on muscle. And basically, mm-hmm. you tell this app what you want, and it'll tell you what to eat, and it'll tell you when to work mm-hmm. out and how. And you can even say, wow. hey, I don't have any equipment. What do I do? And it still gives you something. So they're really, they're, wow. they're no, no excuses. There's no excuse. There's no excuses. <laughs> the research shows that even just walking quickly in the mm-hmm. mornings is already a catalyst for you to burn fat throughout the day. Yeah. So you're, you don't need to have a super sexy gym with annoying music. You can simply mm-hmm. be outside <laughs> and you can get the workout that you need. So I'm not too mm-hmm. concerned about that. For example, we're going to Croatia in Istria. So it's like North all the way North Croatia. Um, near Pula, basically you could take a ferry to Venice. Oh, you're very close to my homeland. Where is it? Slovenia. Oh, yeah. In it, Slovenia. It's a yeah. two-hour drive. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I have family there. Yeah, my family has been in that area over 800 years. Whoa. Within about 180 miles of of, of, of themselves. Like, they, they did not migrate very far. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to stop by Slovenia. My One of my best friends... Um, <laughs> his company has a ton of employees in Slovenia and apparently they, mm. they're like one of the greenest places in the world. Like as far as being eco-friendly, okay. there's, there's, they're doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, but we're awesome. like coastline near Slovenia and it's in the middle of nowhere. So, mm-hmm. um, so we're a drive away yeah. from towns, but I'm just going to run in the hills and do pushups. I'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I'll be all right. <laughs> Get fresh air. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'll make my own, I'll bring a lamb from the hills. And <laughs> All right. Now I have the biggest question for you, given, and, and obviously you still have more exploration because I just, I just find it fascinating that you're literally saying, nope, we're going to go to the next thing and we're going to go to the next place and we're going to go to the next place. And it's this never ending plan at this point, right? Yeah. But if you, let's say, decided at some point, we really, really liked wherever it was. We want to live there. 
would you consider actually settling down somewhere that, you know, outside of the U.S. and, and outside of the U.K. and in one of these pla- one of these countries? I could live in Rio de Janeiro. Easy. Uh-huh. Easy. Um, <laughs> the only part that makes that complex is employment, meaning uh-huh. the types of work that you do working as a U.S. based, U.K. based, very different salaries. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But because of where I want to be with my career, and I know that there's certain stages I need to take that are going to require mm-hmm. a lot of work, um, mm-hmm. I probably would still settle in the U.S., but in a place that was at an airport where I can get out of there when I need to. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe in a couple years, maybe 10, 15, 20 years, I would love to live in like Capri next to Clooney's house, you know? Um <laughs> But until then, I probably would either keep traveling or settle. Uh, and we know that if we do settle, whenever that happens, it'll be in mm-hmm. Miami. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're, that's easy to get in and out of. Very and big North Cuba. There. <laughs> yep. All my family's there. Yeah. It's easy. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. Um, so one of the biggest things I think that um, people fear is – well, if I'm gone for an extended number of months, like what do I do with my own place? How do I keep in touch with my family? Like, how has that worked for you? Get rid of it. Speaking of family, not the family. Don't get rid of the place. Don't get rid of the family. Don't get rid of the family. Get rid of the place. Unless you have children or pets and you have a responsibility to them, then get rid of your place because I ended up paying double rent for several months, mm-hmm. which is stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I did it, but it's stupid. And so I would tell people that if they want to take that jump, they should. If you own a home, rent it. In this market, you will make a lot of money anyways, mm-hmm. especially That's if you true. live in Florida. So uh, you mm-hmm. know that. You know how like <laughs> yeah. renting Tampa and Miami looks like right it's now. crazy. Um, yeah. If you can find a place to rent. If you can rent. find a place. So I say get rid of it because it will only stop you from truly experiencing everything that you want. I didn't realize mm-hmm. how much of a weight it was to still have all my things in one place until I mm-hmm. let go of it. And then I truly mm-hmm. got to be able to enjoy it. I was going to say, it probably also, like, there wasn't this fallback. Exactly. So it was move forward because you can't fall back. (laughs) You can't fall back because it's not there, right? It's not, you don't have this escape hatch to go to. Exactly. And it was go figure it out, go deal with it, go move to the next freedom to continue that moving on. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. That's actually a very good psychological trick on your mind. It was the general that burned all of the things before the the army had to move forward. So they had nothing to retreat to. Um, Yeah. So... (laughs) It's important to do that. Um, and I'd say, especially if you're if you're single, I, I think everyone should do it at some point in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, because usually the only people, the only way people used to get this type of adventure was through taking a gap year. Right. Mm-hmm. Or backpacking or doing yep. the thing. Why, why can't you progress your career and explore things? Mm-hmm. Why do you have to wait till mm-hmm. you're until you have a hip problem to explore things. Right. Right. When you, when you then can't do it. Why not do it when you have the most energy in your life? And so I, I tell people to jump there and and to do it and take a leap of faith. Worst case scenario, you just go back. 
Mm-hmm. If you own a home, go mm-hmm. go back to the home that you own. If you right. rent, just go sign a new lease. Uh, and if you wait a couple months, it'll probably be cheaper the way the economy is working. Um, yeah. So, I, I yeah, I think I can't stress enough how little you have to really lose and how much you have to gain if you do it. On the family side, sadly, I know so many people who live in the same town as their family and see them once every three months. Let's be real. Yep. Right. Um, <laughs> I probably engage more with my family now more than ever, as far as like just being on mm. WhatsApp, FaceTimes, Zooms. Um, mm-hmm. My grandmother, I still make an effort to fly out and see her a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. That's the one I think that hurts the most, just because I used to actually go there a lot. Um, but most people that I know, they're not going over with their parents every week. So right. I, I think that's just another mental excuse, right? Like, oh, I have a home. Yeah. Oh, what about your, your folks? They're fine. They, they want you to live your best life. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, okay, so your favorite experience in any of the countries that you've been staying in over the last couple of years, your favorite experience from a local like cultural festival or food experience or ceremonial experience? Like what, what has been your favorite so far? Okay. That I can share. Um, <laughs> okay. Yes. I don't want to put explicit on no, this episode. We will not. Um, we will not. Um, I'll put it in a different category. So my, one of the coolest experience that I had was in Colombia. And in Colombia, there is this place called Parque or Park Tirona. It's a national park. Uh, I had no idea about this place. Um, when I get there, I realized when I was in Cartagena on the coast, which is more of a party city, um, that this place is four hours away. So we decided to go for a weekend. I did not realize what this place was. It is like Jurassic Park. We mm. ended up um, getting a... Kind of like a, it was a hotel, except the ho- the staff left at 10 p.m. Because oh, of the okay. amount of wildlife that was there at night. Oh, interesting. And yeah, I'll tell you more about that. And so this place had, it's the tallest coastal mountain in the world. Mm. But it's literally on the beach, like within 10 miles. So within wow. a 40-minute drive, I saw a desert. I mm-hmm. saw snow from mountaintops beach wow. and rainforest wow and we how incredible was, i'll send you the photos it was absolutely insane like it was insane and we went and stayed at night in this place and a jaguar was like up on our door wow <laughs> yeah, I, uh, not gonna lie to you i was terrified um wow and we there was monkeys everywhere there was the just serious amount of wildlife and also a well-kept um native community of different tribes throughout those areas that are um mm-hmm. very well respected and and not mm-hmm. exploited you know because you, you get you, you mm-hmm. end up seeing a lot of exploitation when you travel uh and then you realize mm-hmm. oh man maybe i shouldn't go to that tour because that's all it is is just exploiting locals uh, exploiting the indigenous yeah which yeah. happens mm-hmm. so much um Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the, the coolest experience from just from like a mother nature, like, whoa, what, what is happening? Um, that was insane. I had a lot of really cool experiences and breakthroughs from like a meditation, yoga, sweat lodge perspective in Mexico. 
Um, mm -hmm. And Brazil is, it, it, I, I enjoy it here because it is a perfect way of life, in my opinion. So okay. you have this strip, right? You have this massive strip of beach and the city kind of goes around mm -hmm. that. But the city has okay. mountain, hills, rainforest, beach, all within the same area. So there's a lot to do, right? Mm -hmm. You're never bored. Mm -hmm. And, but it's got this miles long strip. And instead of like just going to bars and clubbing or really what people do during the day, they just go to the beach. And that's where mm -hmm. you go meet people. That's where you hang out. That's where you tell, hey, let's meet at the beach every single day. So the weekend, there are mm. thousands and thousands of people at the beach. Wow. And it's not ritzy. You don't get a beach club. It's not the Bahamas. You mm -hmm. just ask the guy for two seats. You sit down, you have some drinks, and you talk to people, play volleyball, do whatever you want. And you do that all day wow. and time passes quickly. So it kind of shows you a way of life um, that yeah. people have um, where it's not about how much money you have. There's no way of showing that. I think you, you know, when you travel certain places, it's all about showing what you have, not here. Mm. Um, so mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. And that's a little bit less of an adventurous and more of a, it's a cool way of life. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. And, you know, I, I would imagine you have also, if you've um, spent any time touring, which sounds like it, you've probably been in some of like the oldest buildings in the world. Um, and what I found whenever I travel to Europe, I haven't done um, travel to South America. I think Aruba was like the furthest that I've been in the Caribbean. But um, the the amazing thing to me was how young the U.S. is and how everything is so young here compared to everywhere else in the world. So if you can remember, like, recall, what was like the oldest, how old was the oldest building that you've been in on your journey? Yeah, so my girlfriend makes so much fun of me for this because I am just absolutely okay. wowed when I see a year on a building. And I'm like, uh-huh. What's wrong with you? She's from the UK, yeah, so they have old they have buildings there. Every, everything they have yes. is um, So she just laughs. She's like Americans. And yeah. I think, so we went to this um, cave bar in London. I'll find the name for you. Um, and it was, uh, I think, the 1500s. Okay. Um, so that was one of the older ones and i went to scotland too is it the lamb the lamb and uh gosh i can't remember the lamb and something is one of the oldest bars there and it's literally you, you go down alleyways to get yeah. to it it's like hidden it's not that one but yeah. i know which one you're talking about i also <laughs> i also went to speak at an event in mm -hmm. scotland and edinburgh oh, cool. so i saw some very very old places and then when we went drinking out with my co or drinking with my coworkers, by 8 p.m i didn't understand anything people were saying <laughs> yeah. fun accent um but when we went to paris for my birthday we stayed at a hotel where oscar wilde lived and died wow and that hotel it's called le hotel ironically um connects to an underground chamber that eventually i think connects to the catacombs hmm. so there's a lot wow. of history in those places and it does show you like with a few exceptions of maybe New Orleans, St. Augustine, and Boston, mm -hmm. how young mm -hmm. everything we know is. Like, oh, it's yeah. fascinating to show like the youth of our country still compared to people who've been, yeah. you know, eating and drinking for eons in the same area. Yeah, yeah. 
the castle that John and I got married in, um, in Ireland at Waterford Castle was over 800 years old and had been in the same family for over 700 years. Yeah. Like it was one of the, the only in Europe, all of, all of the European area that, um, had actually stayed in the same family for the longest period of time or whatever. But yeah, it just blew our minds. Like everywhere we went there, <laughs> it was incredible. It's, it's when you're, when everything you know is like either art deco is considered old for us. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm I'm really really focused on eventually getting over to Turkey mm. and Israel and um, uh, Middle East because you, that takes it a step even further. Where you're yeah. talking Prague, yeah, Turkey definitely, definitely because I mean the Sumer Sumerian. I mean, those are some of the oldest, even a lot of older history than the Egyptian, ancient Egyptian times, you know, so um, where stuff comes from is six to 7,000 years ago more or more. Um, yeah, Prague, Vienna and Budapest was one of my favorite trips too. like do those three together. Um, it, that's incredible. So much history, so much beautiful architecture and culture and food and you know, I grew up eating some of that food, so it's great, you know, to be able to say, ah, oh, this is where my grandmother got this recipe from. Yeah, it's, that's how I felt in Spain. Mm -hmm. um, not not yeah. necessarily because of the age, but because of the, oh, okay, these, these are where my ancestors come from. This makes sense. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's so no cool. wonder they're all sleeping at, I... at noon after eating so much carbs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, in Spain, I also found, because um, I've been to Barcelona many times in it, and it's such an amazing, incredible city. Again, back to very old, you know, cathedrals. And I absolutely love um, uh, La Sagrada Familia. Like that is just, it blows my mind every time I go in that place. I have to go there every time I go to Barcelona too, but I haven't been there in, in a few years. But it, um, the food, the timing, the schedules, like eating dinner at 11 p.m., you know, normally, you know, for us, it's like, whoa, whoa, this, I'm, I'm in bed by this point, <laughs> but no, they're just getting started. Um, yeah, it's so interesting to um, even their, the work culture, it, the time frames. you know, there's no eight to five and you, you have to cram everything. It's when are you at your best? And that's when you do your best work. Um, very different in, in so many different other countries and cultures than here in the yeah. U.S. for sure. But I'm so glad that you've been able to experience that. And I love the fact that you didn't say, let me just do this for two months or three months. Like you've continued this journey and built this out. And oh my gosh, the learning experiences and the growth that comes from that is just incredible. So I really appreciate you sharing with our listeners because um, maybe this will spark something in someone else just to get a little courageous and say, you know what? It doesn't sound that hard. I'm going to do it <laughs> and go test it out. And anybody who ever needs any advice, hey, did you enjoy this place? Where would you go? I would I would say just ask me. I'll, I'll let you know. Um, and maybe one yeah. day I will write okay. that blog because I really want to. Um, yes, you should. <laughs> I'll put your email address in the show notes and people can just give me the email address that you'd like me to share. And then I'll, I'll uh, put that in the show notes. Okay. So thank you so much. That was an amazing episode and we will have you back because you have a whole other side of, of Andy that we're going to share. <laughs> but in the meantime, what, um, you know, do you have any call outs? I know you call, you called out the app center. I'll put that in the show notes. Um, is there any, are there any books? Is there any, um, anything online, products, websites, anything else that you would like to recommend to the listeners? There's a book that I read that was transformative, 
and I want to make sure I have it actually have it under my laptop. It's called Transcend uh, by Scott Barry Kaufman. And Perfect. This guy in, in an elevator pitch is um, does a lot of research based on the works of Maslow. Right. Remember the hierarchy uh-huh. of needs. And basically yes. he talks about how the hierarchy of needs was more of like a marketing thing that ended up being interpreted and not really what actualization meant. So Mm -hmm. what he does is he grabs the late writings of Maslow and Mm -hmm. scientific research and then comes out with what is the true, what are the true characteristics of people who are self-actualized and what are the things that you can do to get there? Mm. I love that because I'm actually doing certification on feminine power and self-actualization. to help co- from a coaching perspective to help others go down this path. Yeah, this this book has been mind blowing for me. It's one of those books where you put it down after three pages. And you're like, okay, that was heavy. Um, you think about <laughs> it. So, okay, yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, change a lot of perspectives, but yeah, I think the for me, it's like it's not about one specific software, right? Wherever you get your meditation, right, that's mm-hmm. where you you mm-hmm. go. Whether you, what you can afford, and everyone's at different levels. Um, yes, honestly, everyone should just go to therapy. My opinion, you know, when I read, uh-huh. the, when I watch the yes. news, I'm like, you guys should go to therapy. <laughs> and so I'd say, yes, that you're you're at least the second or third person that's proactively recommended that you don't wait for an issue or a situation or feeling like you're in this bad place or or, or trapped or whatnot, but do it on a proactive basis. Don't don't make the mistake of going to the gym already when you're overweight. It's the same thing with mental health. Very good. Anything else? Oh, that's it. I'm really happy to be here, though. Thank you so much. Looking forward to the next one.